of this. And now everybody should be happy. Okay, the Braves won. Alabama won. I don't know about Auburn. Did they win? So they couldn't lose. I was happy because my team was off and we're on a losing streak, so we couldn't lose. Amen? But I'm going to need you to pray for me and pray for my household. A real serious, serious prayer. My, my wife is from Swainsboro, Georgia, and she's a Bulldog fan. And we're going to be playing this Saturday, and she's already messing with me. She knows we're down this year, and we're struggling, and, and she wore black and red this morning. She thinks I don't know what she's doing. I know that's subliminal stuff. Amen. Aren't you glad to be saved? I'm going to tell you what, today we're going to preach the gospel. We're going to preach the gospel. And you say, well, we preach the gospel every, well, we preach the Bible every week. And when we preach the Bible, we're preaching the gospel, but there is a gospel. There is a specific thing that is the gospel. And so that's what I want to talk about today. I want to preach the gospel and do it in an acrostic so you can remember it. The power is in the gospel. The gospel has the ability to sober up a drunk. The gospel has the ability to bring a family back together. The gospel has the ability to change a man like nothing can. So today, this morning, we're going to preach the gospel. Turn with me in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. We're going to read just a couple verses this morning. And I want to thank everybody for being here. Thank all of our friends that's come. And uh, I was really beginning to wonder if our people had any friends. But now I see we do. Amen. Amen. And, and whoever invited you, we, we're just thankful that you're here. And one thing we want to do, if we don't do anything, we want to be a blessing to you. And we want to encourage you today. So let's look in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 in verse number 1. If you found your spot, say amen. amen. Moreover, brethren... I declare unto you the, the gospel, the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received. You, you've received it. You believed it. And wherein ye stand. This is where we stand. We stand in the gospel. Why do we believe we're going to heaven? Because of the gospel. What confidence did you have that you're going to make it? The gospel. Amen. We're standing on the gospel. By which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, now this is the gospel, y'all. Y'all want to know what the gospel is? What exactly is the gospel? For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was, and that he the third day, according to the scriptures. And all God's people say it. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful and thankful for the worship. Lord, I've got God bumps on my neck so big. I'm telling you, I have felt your presence today. And I have so enjoyed being in your house already. I'm thankful for the good crowd that's here today. I'm thankful for the people who went out and invited their friends and family to the worship this morning. And Lord, it would all be in vain, Lord, if someone didn't trust in you. 
Lord, we're here to worship you. We're here to give you the glory. We're here to tell people the good news. And I pray that you will let it return and speak to those that are in this place. There's no doubt in my mind. In a crowd this size, there's somebody that's not saved. There's somebody that doesn't know you as their personal savior. They may know a lot about you, but they don't know you. And I pray right now at this moment, you'll begin to work on their heart. You'll begin to convict them and show them that what I'm telling them is the God's truth. And I pray that your perfect will be done. Lord, we will thank you and praise you and give you glory for it all. In Jesus name we pray. And all God's people saying, Amen. amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Jesus gave us a command for all that believe to go into all the world. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Preacher, what are you saying? Everybody needs to know. Everybody needs to know. Now, what is the gospel? The word gospel itself. It means good news. Say that with me. Say it again. How many of y'all believe we're, leave, we're living in a world today that is in desperate need of some good news? I did another COVID funeral yesterday. Friday, one of my good friends who, who I have hunted with before, his, his grandfather was on a golf cart and, and going down the road and a car came around a curve and hit the golf cart and he's, he's not going to make it. I mean, over and over, everywhere you turn, there is bad news and there is suffering and there is sorrow. Ministry is hard enough by itself, but in the last couple of years, it's been almost unbearable. So many things, so many questions, so many things we don't know and so much sorrow and so much pain. But ladies and gentlemen, I came to tell you this morning, I've got some good news. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. Amen. Everything in this life, everything in this world is temporary. We have some good news and everybody ought to know. Good news. Good news. Romans 1 16. Romans chapter number one, verse 16. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Paul said there is power in the gospel. There is power to save in the gospel. He would say over and over when he would come into a city and come into a town, I'm not coming with slick words. I'm not coming with fancy stories. I'm coming preaching the cross. I'm going to give you the gospel and the gospel only. Somebody say amen. So what is the gospel? What exactly is the gospel? Now, I'm a simple guy. I am. I'm a simple guy. I need it. You know, my wife, when we go through a drive through it just, just, just tears me out the frame. I, because she's got a, she, when she orders, she just gets real specific in her orders. And, and I mean, she don't want this and she needs to add this and we need to sprinkle this. I say, I want a one. Do I have anybody here can relate to that? Say amen. And I hate when she gives me an order to take when I go, now make sure you ask for, for this, this, and I'm like, oh dear Jesus. I said, honey, there's a reason they put on that menu numbers. Just pick a blessed number. I'm a simple guy, man. I need it easy. Just lay it out simple. I need it just very, as simple as can be. I need it so I can memorize it. 
Thank God for text. Thank God for text. I don't know what we did without text because she'll give me a list. And I said, I'll never remember that. She said, I'll text you. And so I've gone, listen, at the drive-thru, and I've read down. And Tim, I don't know how it's possible that I can read the text and still get it wrong. (laughs) Well, this is not right. I read exactly what you put in the text. If it's wrong, it's your fault. (laughs) But us men know that that's not the truth. It's still our fault. (laughs) That's the first amen some of you men have said all day. You know why? I'm preaching the gospel, amen. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm glad my wife took my grandbaby in the back, amen. She don't hear this. It'll be a different sermon in the next service, amen. The gospel. How can we, how can we remember the gospel easy? How can we remember? We're going to do an acrostic this morning. I'll go real fast. I'll go, I'll go as fast as I can. But we're going, to, we're going to take the word gospel, G-O-S-P-E-L, and we're going to give it in a way that you can remember it. So if anybody asks you, if anybody asks you, what do you believe? What really is the gospel? You'll be able to say, let me tell you what the gospel is. All right. So let's, number one, if you're taking notes, if you got one of those outlines and you're taking notes, I want you to look at this. What, what's the first letter? G. Now, this is what I want you to put beside there. G, God made us to be with him. In the beginning, God. Before there was anything, there was God. We didn't start from an amoeba. We didn't start from a cell that kept splitting. And now we have frogs and toads and apes and humans. No, 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 no. Before there was anything, there was God. Genesis chapter one, verse one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1, 26. And God said, let us make, now you see, that's us. That's us. Let us make man. Now you say, why does it say us? Because it's God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy spirit say, amen. Amen. They were all there in the beginning. Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created him, male and female created he them. Now look what it says in Proverbs 16, four, the Lord hath made all things for himself. Look what it says in Revelation four eleven. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Why? For thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying humanity, human beings, men and women are God's idea. In the beginning, God created humanity. Humanity did not evolve. Humanity did not begin in a big bang. In the beginning, God decided to make human beings. He dug man out of the dust of the ground. He formed him into a body and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul and it was for the pleasure of God. God made you to be with him. 
God made you and designed you to fellowship with him. God made you to love and God made you to be, listen, a, a, a being and a person to bring him glory and honor for him to love and you to love him. This is God's idea. God came up with this. God started it all. Say amen. So gee, God made us to be with him. Now that sounds like pretty good news. That's, that's great. So what, what happened? Number two. Number two, God made us to be with him, but we got a problem. Oh, our sins have separated us from him. Our sins have separated us from him. Romans 5, 12, look what happened. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death has passed upon, uh-oh, how many? All men. For that all have sin. You see, God, God put man in the garden. I'm not going to take too long on that. We got a lot to deal with today. But if you don't know, man sinned. Man rebelled against the commandment of God. Only one commandment God gave him, and he couldn't even keep that one. He took of the fruit that he was not supposed to. And he rebelled against God, sinned against the commandment of God. And because of his sin, condemnation has come upon all men. The Bible says, the Bible says in Romans 3.23, let's all read it. Romans 3.23, for all have and come short of the glory of God. Let's read that first part again. Let's all read. For all have sinned. We all have sinned. Every person in this room, if you're breathing there, you're a sinner. You're a sinner. Romans 3.10, as it is written, as it is written, there is none righteous. Say it with me. There is none righteous. No, not one. Isaiah 59. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. Behold, the Lord's hand is shortened that it cannot save. Neither his ear heavy that he cannot hear. But your iniquities or sin, your iniquities have separated between you and your God and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying in the beginning, God made you to be with him. But then because of sin, we are separated from the God who loves us. Say, preacher, why is that? Because he is holy. There are creatures around his throne day and night. Brother John, every single minute of the hour, every hour of the day, every day of the week, every week of the year, there are creatures around his throne that cry out, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy. We talk about his grace and we talk about his love and we talk about his mercy and all of those are great characteristics. We talk about everything, but sometimes I'm afraid that liberals leave out this important characteristic of God, that he is holy. And because he is holy and because we are sinners, sin separates and causes us to have a separation from a holy God. In 1 John, in 1 John it says, God is light. Say it with me. God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. You see, a holy God cannot overlook sin. 
A holy God will never sweep anything under the rug. A holy God cannot fellowship with sinful man. And because sin entered into the world, a separation took place between God and man. I'm so glad, I'm so glad that God didn't let it stay that way. But our sins have separated us from a holy God. Now say it with me so we can remember. We'll just repeat it. We'll just repeat it so we can memorize it. Before it's over, you'll have it memorized. G, God made us to be with him. Say it. God made us to be with him. O, our sins have separated us from God. Say it with me. What's the next letter? S. Sin can never be taken away by good deeds. For all you trying to be good enough, for all you in here that have bought into the lie that, that, that when we get to heaven, there's going to be a, a, a balance up there and, and God's going to put your good deeds on one side and, your, and your, your sins on the other. And whichever way out the most, if your good deeds are more than you get in, if your bad deeds are more, you go to hell. Listen, that is the biggest bunch of garbage there ever was. And if you are trusting in your goodness to get you in, if you're trusting in your morality, if you're trusting in your own righteousness, you will never, ever get into the kingdom of God. You know why? Because our goodness can never take away sin. Our good deeds can take away. The Bible says this. It says, by the deeds of the law shall no man be justified. That means by doing good works, by keeping the commandments. By keeping the commandments, well, listen, you say, well, preacher, I've been good and I did this and I did that. It does not matter. Why is that? You remember we established in point number two that he is a holy God. Say that with me. He is a. Now watch this. Watch this. How holy is he, preacher? How holy is God in heaven? Well, the best way I can explain it to you is to show you the difference between him and us. And we find the difference between him and us in this verse. Our righteousness, our righteousness, in other words, humanity, human beings, our good deeds, our best effort, the greatest effort we can do to be good, our righteousness in his eyes He is so holy that the best we can do is filthy rags in his eyes. He is so righteous. He is so holy. He is so pure. He is so perfect that even the best we can measure up, the best we can do, the the goodest as we can be. That's not good English, but you get it. It's still is still as filthy rags. So you can't be good enough to get in. You can't measure up. We've all fallen short. I I heard heard an explanation given about that falling short part that really made a whole lot of sense to me. You see, we have a mountain. We're at the foot of a mountain. We're at the foot of a mountain. And everybody's given a baseball. Everybody's given a baseball to throw over the mountain. Now, how many is going to get it over? How many? None. Absolutely right. 
No, I don't care. How, I don't care if you're a major league baseball player, you ain't getting it over that mountain. Now watch this. You may get it a little further than me, but you still fall short. Now, now there's people in here. There's better people than me. There's people in here that's better Christians than me. There's people in here that's more moral than me. That, that, that they, man, they're, they're against more things and they're more strict and they're more disciplined. And they're, they're, they're more moral, if you will. I mean, they won't even kill a mosquito. But guess what? They may throw it further up the mountain, but they still fall short. So no matter how good you are, you still fall Now, you may be better than your neighbor. You may be better than the rest of your family. But ladies and gentlemen, you still fall short. Well, preacher, by the way you're talking, it kind of sounds like we we don't, we're condemned. That's what I'm telling you. But guess what? I got good news. Good news. God's got a plan. You see, God made us to be with him. Our sins have separated us from a holy God. And our good deeds can never take away sin. So what in the world is the good news? P, paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. He said they can't pay it. They They don't have what it takes. So I'm going to go do it for them. For the wages of sin is, say it with me, the wages of sin is, but the gift of God is eternal life. Romans 5, 8, but God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Commendeth means, brother John, commendeth means put on display. You see, God knows that talk is cheap. And he didn't just say, I love you. He said, let me show you how much I love you. He sent his only begotten son in whom he is well pleased and let him pay your penalty. He was crucified. He was betrayed. He was beaten. They spit upon his face. They plucked his beard out. They took a crown of thorns and drove it down into his skull. And they hung him on a cross and died for six hours. He did that because he loved you. He paid the price. You couldn't do it. So he did it for you. And, 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 and you got to get this, ladies and gentlemen. Fairview, pay close attention right here. He didn't just die for you. He died instead of you. He took my place. That's good news. It's good news to know that I was condemned and he took my condemnation so I could go free. And all God's people say it. I don't know about y'all. That's some pretty good news. That's some pretty good news. Romans 5, 6. For when we were yet without strength, when we were yet without strength, what does that mean? We didn't have the ability to save ourselves. When we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. 
I love this explanation. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He said, you know, some, sometimes man will give his life for a good man. He said, it's a rare occasion, but sometimes that happens. But God didn't give his life for good people. He gave his life for bad people. Do y'all get this? For sinners. For liars. For broken people. Rebellious people. Sinful people. Let's do a survey. Let's do a survey. How many of y'all, sometime in your life, there was something you knew was wrong to do, but you did it anyway? If you didn't raise your hand, you just lied in the house of the Lord. We're sinners. We're sinners. The best, our, the best righteousness we can come up with, the best good deeds we can come up with is filthy, stinking rags in God's eyes. When the imperfect couldn't pay for their sin, he sent the perfect. Jesus Christ. Paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. Good news. That's that's P. What's the next letter? E. E. Everyone. Say it with me. Say it again. Not just the good. Matter of fact, if you think you're in that category, let let me remind you that other verse we read. There is none righteous. I love it and say, why does bad things happen to good people? That's an impossibility because there's no good people. You may, you may think you're gooder than someone else. I know that's not good English. Just, it just kind of hair lips some of y'all. That's why I do it. I look forward to the emails during the week. Amen. You may stack up pretty good to the one sitting beside you. But ladies and gentlemen, at the judgment, you're not going to be standing beside them. You're going to be standing in front of Christ. So let's all, let's all, let's, can can we just be real a minute? Now, if you're new to temple, you, you need to understand that we're very transparent around here. We're very transparent around here. There ain't ain't nobody good here. We all know we're all broken. We don't throw rocks around here. We don't throw accusations around here. We don't look this side of that because we know all, we all know we all go home. So you don't have to worry about somebody judging you. We all know who we are. Amen? Amen. So when I say everybody, I mean everybody. Everybody that puts their faith, their trust in Christ will be saved. The good, the bad, and the ugly. If you need to know which category you are in, just see me after the service. Amen. 
We know you're not in the first one. We've already declared that. So there ain't but two left. Aren't you glad that Jesus loves sinners? Broken people. It always amazed me when self-righteous people look down on somebody else. It always amazed me. It always amazes me when we try to judge from the outside and we, we, we kind of, we kind of, and most of the time that's just so they can feel better. Usually when somebody judges somebody else's appearance outside, they're insecure about their own self. Nobody will ever criticize you that's doing more than you. Think about that a minute. So if you're getting criticized, understand you're ahead of them. Say amen. amen. You don't have to like that. I just threw that in. I ain't charging you a dime for that. That's the truth. We can't look down on nobody. Because we're all in the same shape. We're all condemned. We're all sinners. We all are in desperate need of a savior. And I'm so glad that whosoever will, let him come. Everybody. Everybody. Say it with me. Everybody. Every sinner. I don't care what your sin is, come. I don't care what your habit is, come. I don't care what your hang up is, come. I don't care what your weakness is, come. Come all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. My yoke is easy and my burden is. Yes, it is. Preacher, you don't know my background. I don't have to. Because I know the gospel. The gospel says everyone. The gospel says whosoever. Whosoever. What a great King James name word. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm a whosoever. And look at him and say this, so are you. You know what's so great about that? Every single person in this room has the opportunity to make it to heaven. Every single one. Don't you love when you're inviting people? When you're inviting people? You know, Pox, I know you've heard this. You invite somebody to church and say, no, the roof will fall in. I said, no, we got reinforced roofs because we, we wanted to attract people just like you. The biggest sinner in town, the biggest hoodlum in town, the biggest heathen there is in Coleman County, God will save him. The one you think is the furthest away, the one you think is the most impossible, God can save him. If he'll put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I'm just preaching the gospel. Romans 10, 8 through 10. But what saith it? What saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. What is it? That is the word of faith. Say it with me. The word of faith. Which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, you shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Acts 16, 31, and they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be 
saved. Ephesians 2.8 For by grace are you saved through faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. That means we, get, we, are, we have the opportunity of salvation because of grace. Grace is the reason. Faith is the method. Did y'all get that? How can, a, how can a condemned, dark, dirty sinner get saved because of grace? What is grace? Unmerited favor. Grace is not, are y'all with me? Grace, you see two words, grace and mercy. Say the two words. You see, grace is getting what you don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Now, let me explain that. I get to go to heaven. I don't deserve it. But I'm going because of grace. I'm not going to hell, although I deserve it because of his mercy. Are y'all with me? For by grace, because of grace, because of grace, a holy God loves an unholy sinner. Because of grace, God in heaven sent his son to die in my place. Because of grace, one day I'm going to walk on a street of gold. One day I'm going to see walls of jasper. One day I'm going to be in the glory of God forever and ever and ever because of grace. And I didn't earn it. I can't earn it. I can't earn it. So how'd you get it then? By grace through faith. Faith. I've I've placed my faith in Jesus. I'm trusting in Jesus. If I don't make it to heaven, then Jesus lied to me. And I know that can't be so. Ask yourself this question. Let's do this before we get to the last one. And I got plenty of time. I'm early. I need to preach the gospel more often. Amen. We're early. Think about this. Everybody, talk to yourself now. Talk to yourself. Don't look at your neighbor. This is all you. Don't you say self. You're at the pearly gates. You're standing at the pearly gates. You know, humor me. And the watchman says, why should I let you in? What are you going to say? This may be the most important thing you'll ever discuss in your life. You're standing at the gate of heaven. And he says, why should I let you in? What are you going to say? Are you going to say, I was a church member at Temple Baptist Church. If that's all you say, he's going to say, sorry, I never knew you. Well, I was baptized when I was a kid. 
if that's all you say, he's going to say, sorry, I never knew you. If you say I was good all of my life, I never smoked, I never drank, I never chewed, and I never ran with those who do. He's going to say, sorry, I never knew you. But if you say, because I trust in the blood of Jesus Christ to wash my sin away. There was a day in my life when I realized that I was a sinner and I understood that I was condemned for my sin. And I looked up in faith and I said, Jesus, will you forgive me and save me? I believe in you. He will say, welcome in. Because there's only one way. And religion is not the way. Religion is not the way. Church membership is not the way. Baptism is not the way. Reading your Bible is not the way. All of those are great things, and I think we need to do all of those things. But that is not salvation. I asked a gentleman last week, I said, I said, tell me, tell me your story. Why, why, what? And I said that same thing. If you were saying, what would you tell? He said, well, I was confirmed when I, I said confirmation is not salvation. Confirmation is finishing in class. That's not salvation. But today, if you will believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. If you will confess him, Lord, say, I'm turning from my old way and I'm turning to God. Lord, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to be the boss. You're in charge. I surrender to you. Thou shalt be saved. And I need you to do that today, by the way. Because it also says in the word, today, say it with me. Today Today is the day of. I was talking to Bartlett. Bartlett's grandpa, Benny, was the one in the golf cart. He's 83 years old. Healthy as a mule. Bartlett says the hardest working man he's ever known. Best man he's ever known. And he said, Bartlett said, we need to enjoy every day because we don't know what day will be the last. That's why Jesus said today. Well, preacher, I'm going to sow my wild oats. You don't have no guarantee that you're going to wake up in the morning. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. So today, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day I need you to believe what I just said. Today is the day I need you to believe the gospel. I need you to believe that you're a sinner. I need you to believe that you are condemned. Jesus said in John 3, you remember? You remember in John 3, some of the most, one of the most well-known verses in all the Bible, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But we need to keep reading. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is. He's already condemned. You know what Jesus is saying here? He said, I didn't come to condemn anybody. 
You were already condemned before I got here. I'm come so you might have life. So you will be delivered and saved. And I need you to believe that today. You see, we got L. L means life with Jesus begins today and lasts forever. Forever. See, we believe that when you come to Christ, you're always with Christ. We, we believe in that security. We believe that he does the saving, not us. We're of the persuasion that we're like Noah. We're secure on the inside, not clinging, trying to hold on on the outside. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. This is the most important part of the service. G. God made us to be with him. Oh, our sins have separated us from a holy God. S, sin can never be taken away by good deeds. You can never be good enough. Say it with me. You can never be good good enough. But I got good news. P, paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. Everyone that places their faith or trust in Christ will be saved. L, life begins. Come on. Life begins today. If you will put your faith in him. And last. I don't know about y'all. That's some pretty good news. 